It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you very much for being with me this morning. Terry Luft of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation is my guest, as he often is, and we talk about wonderful things in the outdoors. Terry, thank you for being with me this morning. Uh, it's always welcome. Great to be with you. To be with and, you. and Terry, I, I mentioned to you when we t- were talking about the show this morning, there are a lot of things going on in the world that, as you said, have really were exhausted by a lot of them. So I thought this morning, Carrie, what you and I ought to do is talk about some uplifting, if you will, thoughts to do with the outdoors and people and places, and maybe talk a little bit about some of the wetlands uh, issues that are working their way through the courts. But I, I'd like to talk start off with Carrie by saying. I had the great pleasure of being with you, Carrie, in a dove field this week. Uh, And dove season, for those of you who participate, you know it opened on Wednesday. I mentioned last week, it's kind of the turning of the the clock from summer to fall. And our focus, for those of us who love to hunt or fish in the fall, our our focus changes maybe from summer hikes to golf or whatever it might be to to fishing and, and watching the leaves change. But I had a very special experience this week, and Harry, I usually don't mention anyone by name on the air. I try not to if it's unless they're a guest or something, but I want to recognize someone who actually has been one of Illinois' greatest conservation leaders, and that's my dear friend, Jim Shear, who I know you know well, who I had the pleasure of being with when Jim went dove hunting this week down at his farm, and Jim is, Barry Jim is in his 90s, and he was the founder of the state duck stamp program in Illinois. It's because of Jim Shear that we began the program so many years ago when he and Tony Dean decided that it was, we needed to have it. So I just thought I'd talk for a moment with you about people who who've helped make conservation what it is and, and help make the world a better place. And and I start off with my thoughts about Jim Shear, who's a treasure of a man and and who many of you don't know him. He actually was one of John Huzar's and Bill Cullerton's greatest friends. Uh, so, Kerry, I think about people like that when I think about the outdoors. Well, you're still right, Charlie. And if I'm not, if I, uh, I would not be surprised if you told me that, uh, Mr. Shear was the first dove hunter in the field that day. Um, there are a few people who love it as much as he does and has seen as much as he has. But, you know, Charlie, I think of uh, Jim Shear and others like him as really the exemplars of what conservation in this country is all about. Um, as we have talked about many times, surely it, uh, there have been uh, plenty of people who have been conservation heroes for the greatest heroes of them all are the hunters and anglers who pay the freight for most of the conservation in America. And Jim Shear 
So he's hunted as much as any man alive, I dare say. He's given back a hundredfold what he's uh, uh, from what he's taken, and he is uh, a paradigm for all of us to follow. And uh, I'm privileged to know him, and privileged to know his family. You know, for those of you out there who like to see the sunrise over a duck marsh, when you see a duck uh, wing over your decoys this fall, take a moment and thank the people like Jim Shear, who years ago and for years since have been working to make sure that this never leaves our society. Well, that's really well said. And I know if Jim is listening, he's he's embarrassed and maybe he's even mad at, mad at us. But um, but the wrath that Jim Shear had had in a loving way before. But he, he was a pioneer of, uh, with the yeah. federal duck stamp program. So I think this about... Is, I mean, this is one of the things that people don't understand about those of us who love to hunt. They, they can't understand that we both love the creatures we hunt, yet we hunt uh, and yet we give back to sustain them. And that is the crux of conservation in my mind, Charlie. Well, and of course, so many people I run into in my daily life say, well, you only... You only support hunting because you want to hunt. And, and of course, and I think all of you listening have heard this, you said this before, and you from time to time, Carrie, yes, we love to hunt, but it's not for hunting that we do this. Right. It's because we love the outdoors and we love the, the, the knowledge that we can pass this on. And Illinois, uh, as I think of this, we're coming into the Labor Day weekend. We're in the middle of it tomorrow being Labor Day. And we honor the labor movement in, in America. We we really need a time in the in the conservation world, Carrie, to honor the conservation leaders. They yeah. they have made America what it is for the outdoors. Maybe what we need to do next, Charlie, is if we ever run out of things to keep ourselves busy, we should start advocating for a national conservation leader day. Well, we have, you know, we have National Hunting and Fishing Days, and um, but it's anyway. I'm struck as we go into this Labor Day weekend about people who have made this world better. And my whole point, I guess, is I had the pleasure of being with a true treasure this week. I don't know. Maybe Jim Shear's seen 80 dove seasons. I, I really don't know, but I know here he is entering. You know, he's in his ninth decade. And and he still is as enthusiastic about it, and he loves the outdoors, and he loves the people as much as he ever did. And that that's something that should keep all of us going. There there are other Jim Shears out there, that's for sure. But um, we should really think about the people who got us here. And I yep. think about you know guys who are much younger, guys like Brent Manning, who we have on the air from time to time, and conservation leaders across America. Carry on on Labor Day weekend, and as we head to the outdoors. Um, we should think about the people that, that brought us here because uh, it, it didn't happen by accident. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. So let me ask you, we're going to take a break in just a moment. The clock turns, I mean, literally the calendar turns September 1st. What does that mean for you when the calendar suddenly turns to September 1st? And what do you think it means for millions of people like us? Dove season. Dove season, dove season, dove season, Charlie. It's, it's one of my favorite times of the year. But you might, if uh, you can't hear it in my voice, but I'm smiling ear to ear just thinking about dove season. It is, it is the opening day. It is the kickoff to everything. It is social. It is fun. 
It is frustrating. It is maddening. It is addictive. And I can't wait to go again. <laughs> well, I think it's also, it's the changing of the season. It may be 100 degrees, but it's, I was talking to a friend in, in Idaho yesterday, and it was 38 degrees in the morning. Um, you know, it's, it's changing. It, it, everything begins between now and the middle of November, or actually later, to, to, to move at a more frenetic pace as the days get shorter. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think that's also, for me, part of what makes Dove season so much fun. It's, it's the start of the banquet that lies ahead in the fall. You know, it's, it's um, not high pressure. It's gr- very, great fun, great social, but it's, it's a taste of what you have coming ahead. If you love being in the field with a dog and a gun, and if you like the, the wind in your face and the, and the smell of uh, falling leaves, it's time. It's time. It's time. A lot of people get really excited in the spring. Um, I'm always reminded of the Hemingway quote, best of all, he loved the fall. And I think for a lot of us, that's the absolute truth. Well, it is. And whether you're holding a fishing rod, hoping to get a, a large muskie or a fall run steelhead, or you're waiting for a flight or just simply waiting for the leaves to fall, you're right. Hemingway was right. Best of all, he loved the fall. Terry, we'll be back in just a moment. We're visiting with Terry Luft of the Maxim Grohl Wildlife Foundation. When we come back, we're going to talk about something that maybe can helpfully save some of the things we're interested in in the outdoors, which took place this week. I uh, listen to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, visiting with Perry Loft. And I guess we were both reminiscing and just kind of talking about people who made the coming of the fall possible. And I don't mean the coming of the fall from the fact that the seasons have always changed, but I mean, have really had a lot to do with nature's bounty in the fall. And Terry, we, we were focusing a little bit on those who've had a lot to do with, with birds. And a lot of people, my predecessor on this show, one, Bill Cullerton, who had a lot to do with fish and, mm-hmm. and, and making fishing possible. And the fall run of fish, uh, Terry, is one of, to me one of the most exciting times, whether I'm in the Rockies catching fall run rainbows that are coming out, coming upstream to, to spawn and, 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 and are very aggressive and 
Next week, uh, I will be in Alaska catching fall run silver salmon. It's just a spectacular time of year. And, uh, Carrie, something happened this week in the great outdoors that I think is really important. And, and I might be accused of saying it's a political issue. I, I don't mean it at all. Uh, I think it's an American issue. Um, and you want to talk just for a moment about what happened, why it's significant. And I might take a moment, Carrie, to talk about how we got here. Okay, Charlie. Yeah, well, what has ha- what happened this past week is the federal judge threw out the uh, Trump administration rule that rolled back a lot of water quality protections put under uh, put in place under the Obama administration uh, in 2015. The Obama administration uh, defined the waters of the United States that to establish federal authority under the Clean Water Act, um, and that. That was a strong uh, protection for wetlands. Uh, about half of the wetlands in the United States were covered by that definition of waters of the United States. And the Trump administration uh, rolled that back in 2020 and and instituted what's called the Navigable Waters Protection Rule. And that took away protection for bodies of water that dry up at certain times of the year, wetlands, creeks streams, et cetera. They had to be navigable waters. This ruling by the federal judge vacates that and said it was a flawed rule and it can't be cured without going back and rewriting the whole rule. So now what's going to happen is the Biden administration, it has already been working to replace this rule. They don't have to replace the Trump administration rule in order to appeal it now. They can write a new rule that probably will have stronger language protecting wetlands and other ephemeral uh, bodies of water. Well, I think when I thought about this, when I heard about it this week, and um, I realized that some people will think this is a political thing. Carrie, it's not. It might be philosophical, but it's not political. And I thought for a moment, if you read a lot of the early writings, particularly the early writings in the Midwest, I've talked about it before. Um, Joel Greenberg's Natural History of the Chicago Region, the stories of short stories. We, we as a society have been at war with wetlands from the beginning of settlement. And I think that mentality was passed from generation to generation because malaria carry, as you know, was the number one killer of people settling the Midwest. And and malaria, of course, comes from swamps because that's where mosquitoes come from. So I wonder how much of this sort of dislike of wetlands is generational. And then we're the first generation to say, you know what? These things actually have a lot of value. Well, I think that's a really interesting point, Charlie. Um, You know, and the Lord knows the farmers of America have have had a rough go of it over the years. And. You know, uh, they are now the heroes of conservation. Um, they long have been, but they're starting to recognize the, the power of wetlands, not just for producing wildlife, but, you know, Charlie, wetlands sequester carbon. They filter, uh, they filter groundwater. They help recharge aquifers. Um, they are necessary for all of us on this planet, whether we like to step into a wetland to chase a duck or not. Um, and we're coming around to that, um, over time. And I hope and pray that 
over the next five to 10 years, the people of the United States and Canada and Mexico will come to realize just what a treasure our natural wetlands are in this country. And even if they never plan to step foot in them, they are really important for our quality of life. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's generational. And I think that, honestly, uh, we're on the cusp of something quite large. Which is why the decision by the courts to roll back the restrictions uh, of governance of wetlands is important. And this is a national issue that, that's been discussed for, for, for decades, will continue to be. But I, I, I think, Carrie, you just said it best. We, we, we may be changing a changing of the guard, a changing of philosophy. Uh, wetlands are our partners uh, instead yeah. of being the villain. And, you know, it wasn't all that long ago that the Secretary of Agriculture, Earl Budd, basically told the American farmer, drain them all and plant from uh, property line to property line. Um, that was chasing profit, um, which is the American way. But uh, we, have, we have learned much since then, Charlie. And the American farmer uh, is now everybody's conservation partner in ensuring that we're going to have a healthy environment going forward if we can. Well, and that, that of course, comes back to the fact that something like 98% of the, of the most important ecological lands between the Rockies and the Appalachians is owned by the, by, by the private sector, not by the federal yeah. government. Uh, I and mean, we, so, talk a lot about, we talk about a, a lot about what the federal government can do, but it's really, you know, Aldo Leopold said this. Conservation is built on the backs of the private landowner, and we need to recognize that, and we need to thank them when they participate in conservation efforts, and we need to make it economically viable for them uh, to do it. And, well. and, and that is the, is the master stroke that's needed. I know we have a farm bill that's beginning to have discussions, of course, right now. Nothing is getting any traction along those lines, but we'll talk a lot about that. And for those of you listening, I hope you've enjoyed the show a little bit of wandering down memory lane, but also talking about what I think is the, with Carrie Luft of Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation, the singular biggest issue coming our way. How are we going to treat the water in the United States and in North America for the quality of life we need? Carrie, thank you so much for being with me. And for those you of you bet. listening, happy Labor Day weekend. Look forward to the outdoors in the fall. I know we all do. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. 720 WGN.